Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott and I'm your host. I'm an intuitive human design and money coach and I help people welcome more ease, joy, and abundance into their lives. And this is my podcast. Welcome. I'm so excited you're here. I'm really excited about this week's episode. It is with Sydney Weiss, who's been on the podcast before. She's the host of the Seek the Joy podcast. I've been on her podcast. This all happened, we think, about two years ago. And it was so fun to get together and record. And it felt like we had talked last talk like 10 years ago and yet last week. And in the midst of all of this reconnecting, we realized that we both have podcast anniversaries coming up. In fact, the Find Your Awesome podcast is now officially five years old, which seems like something you're supposed to celebrate. So yay! Although I'm really not into, I, I admit that celebration is a little bit fake for me because it just doesn't excite me. But I am super excited that the Seek the Joy podcast is about to be five years old in October. That feels like a really big deal. So yay, congratulations to Sydney. I think you're going to love this conversation. I know you're going to love this conversation. But before we get into this conversation, I've got big news, huge news. The money class is coming back. It's starting in September. But before we get into that, I am hosting a free event. It's an open house for the money class. It's on August 29th from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern time. And the vibe, bouncy house, Velcro wall jumping, zip lines, fun, just playful, ridiculous fun that's all around abundance. We're going to talk about all things money. We are going to just dive in and play in the pool that's next to the bouncy house. Or maybe there's like a slide that goes down from the from the bouncy house and puts you into this glorious splash pool, maybe even a wave pool. Anyway, I'm getting carried away on that vision. Abundance. We're going to dive into the things that can block abundance for you, how money wants to be in your life. We are going to have so much fun. You're going to, it's going to center around human design as well. So get your human design chart and bring that with you. You're also going to get to experience some coaching with me. So come feel into what it's like playing abundance games with me and see if the money class is right for you. And even if you know you're not ready to invest in the money class just yet, come play the money class open house, August 29th. It's a Monday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern time. The link to sign up is in the show notes. And now let's get to this wonderful, magical episode with the one and only Sydney Weiss. Sydney, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for being here. We're in the middle of a conversation, so let's just keep going. We're talking about the, not the future of podcasts, but the right now of podcasts, like what's going on yeah. in this space. We're both kind of yeah. up on the five-year mark. Mm -hmm. I hit five years. Oh, wait. I was going to say in August. It is August. Oh my <laughs> God. Five years. Wow. Okay. Uh, we are That's there. right. Because I remembered. I remembered when you and I first connected. It feels like forever ago. Probably was. You and I had similar timelines. I think you were like two months ahead of me or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, so congratulations believe... on five years. Thank you very much. And you're almost at five almost years. There. Mm -hmm. So what's coming up for the Seek the Joy podcast? It's so interesting because before we were hitting, you hit record, we were starting to talk about just the shifts and changes in podcasts. And I have been like, go, 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 like a new episode every week for over four years. And this summer, well, actually, no, even last towards the end of 2021, I recognized like I really needed a break, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to take the break if that makes sense, mm -hmm. but I knew I needed to. And so I stopped recording new episodes and I shared at the time like episodes that had really like high engagement and people really loved. And I thought, okay, well, we'll just share it again. And then I entered 2022 and was, you know, foot back on the accelerator and was sharing three episodes a month instead of four, which was my version of cutting back. And then I hit like almost the summer and I was like, oh my God, I need a break again. 
And so right now I'm sharing episodes on, on the podcast, um, that are our sessions from seek the joy summit in, in 2021, but it's been an interesting period of reflection for me of, do I want to do 52 weeks a year? Like putting out a new episode every week. Does it fit where I am in my life right now? And then recognizing that and at the same time knowing for four and a half years, that's what I was doing. And so it brings, I think, this interesting point of reflection that we all go through at some point in our lives of, do we keep doing things the way we've always done it because that's what feels good and comfortable, right? Or do you adjust for where you are in your life at that moment without guilt, without shame, without feeling bad about yourself? Because there's always like a plethora of, I think, judgment-oriented emotions that come your way when towards yourself when you make a shift like that. So long story short, I'm in a place right now figuring out what am I going to do next? Am I going to take an, you know, am I going to put out episodes for two, three months and take another break? Do I adopt the season model? It's an interesting place to be in. It is. You know, I think it was like maybe two years ago that I first had the reflection. I'm a four, six. I'm here to do things with my people. Mm. And I was like, I could maybe even shut it on myself. I should do that with the podcast. And then like did nothing, made no progress Mm -hmm. towards that. And then it was Mm -hmm. this spring. So it was like, I'd had the thought multiple times until I finally had the guts to be like, no, that's it. That's it. I am just doing solo episodes and episodes with my people. Mm -hmm. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but I know it's going to be pure magic. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like it needed to shift. But th- so I had that thought I wanted to share, but I also wanted to share. I'm wondering if you're feeling the same thing. I am in a space right now and I did declare like a month, maybe six weeks ago. I actually, you know, I have no concept of time, but I think it was fairly recently <laughs> um, that I'm only here, thing- here for things that are amazingly awesome. Mm. So if something, if I don't feel just as fabulous or better after consuming something. That means something I listen to, something I read, something I put in my mouth, then it's got to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you feeling okay. That so interesting what you just said twofold. One, when you said that you had to have the courage to do the thing you were actually thinking about doing, which was talking to people that you love and you have a already established, I think, good, positive connection with that you want to reconnect with time and again and do so on the podcast. That was interesting to me because that's what it is. It's the courage to jump, to do the thing that you actually want to do rather than thinking like, oh, I've been doing this the whole time, like this format, this thing, whatever it is, it works for me. But it's that courage to make that shift. The second thing you said, yeah, I have felt that way too, especially once I, I think it was like last summer and I had received like two shots of the vaccine. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go back out into the world. I was feeling more comfortable. And there were people in my life that were like reaching out like, oh, I'd love to get coffee. Oh, I'm in town. Oh, this and the other. And I said to myself, do I want to do that? Do do I want to see that person I haven't spoken to or seen in like X amount of years? No. Yes. Maybe. If it was a maybe or a no, I was like, hey, I'm so sorry. I can't, but enjoy your time here. You know what I mean? I just started to adopt this thinking of like, Our time is so precious. Our ability to do things, it's not limited, but your time is. You Mm -hmm. only have so many hours in a day. So I'm going to do the things, see the people that really light me up and make me feel really excited. And yeah, I'll admit, like, I felt bad about it. Like, I felt bad being like, sorry, no, I can't. Because my default is to say, yeah, sure, for sure. Like, we'll take 30 minutes. We'll do an hour, whatever. But I came to this point where it's like, if it's not this really awesome thing that you described, where you feel so good coming out of it, I'm not I'm not going to do it. And doing that unapologetically, doing it with grace, knowing that there's a way to say things. Um, you don't have to be harsh about it. It's about honoring where you are in that moment. And it applies to podcasting, your job, your friendships, where you live. I mean, it runs the gamut. It does. And I see it show up in so many like funny places too. Mm -hmm. There's the Mm -hmm. like, even just 
right now we have a puppy. He's going to be six mm-hmm. months. He'll be six months old on Sunday. He's he could oh. be 60 pounds now. He was 57 and a half pounds last week. He could, he's always a big Anything boy. Possible. Lots of energy, <laughs> lots of spunk. And I want to spend so much time with him and I want to be training and I want to be playing with my amazing clients and I want to be connecting with my people. And I really see the resistance when it's like something on my schedule that it's like that mm. I didn't sign up for. I'm like, I do not. Like, it's a hard two-year-old temper tantrum. It is like, mm-hmm. absolutely not. I do not want to do that. How am I going to get out of this? this is, no. <laughs> I feel that way every day of my life. But there are things that unfortunately, like I, I, I have to do, you know? And I feel like we all do that, right? We all have things that we have to do. And, um, you know, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm a lawyer. I work for a company. And so there are things I have to do, you know, that I'm not super excited about. But what has been key for me when that like two-year-old temper tantrum comes through, like, oh my God, I have to get on this call. I have to do this thing. I really don't want to. Is like, can I just find something about this that like will be enjoyable? And for me, it's connecting with the person on the other line. So when I get on the phone, you know, getting to know who they are, making small talk or um, just having that moment of connection, like finding something that you can enjoy, that you can like, that you can take from, from that interaction, that meeting, that thing that you really like don't want to do. That for me has been huge because, oh man, there are just some things that just won't, they can't come off the calendar. Mm -hmm. And so finding something for yourself within that, I think is so huge. I think Mm -hmm. that is so powerful. Um, And I just want to also honor you as a two, four, you guys are so good at small talk. (laughs) I unfortunately am. I cannot even tell you. Oh my God. Like I find myself sometimes, I'll give you a really good example. I went to a podiatrist. I don't know why I'm even telling you this, but I went to a podiatrist like a month and a half ago and I've never been to this office before. It was a new doctor. And um, on my way out, I'm like overhearing the conversation between the receptionist and a nurse. And I somehow decide to chime in and I end up staying an extra 30 minutes having this like long, small talk conversation. And I was actually really enjoying the conversation. We were talking about tennis. It was around the time of Wimbledon. And I was like, oh my God, this was so lovely. And I literally almost was like, would you want to go to coffee sometime? And I was like, Sydney, you literally just took this moment of small talk and expanded it to this very large conversation. Um, and I really enjoyed it. But yeah, the small talk is great. And then sometimes I find myself, I get in too deep. Like at the Wait, and then you become a four <laughs> six. Because literally for me, there would be no small talk involved, but there would be a like, all of a sudden I'm like going really deep with the receptionist. <laughs> And then it is like, no, seriously, we're like best friends now, right? Basically, that's yeah. kind of how it felt. And she, they were lovely and they were like, well, come back soon. And I was thinking, yeah, like maybe I'll discover a new problem and I'll just have to come back and continue this conversation. But small talk, you know, it can be very painful too, right? Like, especially if the person you're having small talk with is like not receptive to what you're saying. Oh, small talk, large talk, medium talk, all the talk can be fun and also very draining. Mm -hmm. Also, if the, so, so many people on this planet, they connect with complaining. Oh yeah. Oh my God. With like all the negative Mm -hmm. stuff. And it's like, no, I'm so not here for that. Mm. Well, I think because especially growing up, we're often, I think it's about you're, we're taught to find connection with other people. And so an easy, quote unquote, easy way to connect with others is through like shared, shared complaint, shared misery, shared, oh my God, this sucks. And I've actually really had to retrain myself, I think, especially in the last five to 10 years about forming connections around, I think, shared joy and positive things that I'm excited about rather than the complaining. And it's so interesting because if I think about, I have all these different groups of friendships in my life and some of them are are really built around like a shared experience that was negative. And then it's very challenging to, to kind of like spur off of that into um, building on the friendship in a more positive way. Sometimes you totally can, but it depends. But yeah, finding shared connection around the positives rather than just the complaining. And, and don't get me wrong, it's it serves a purpose. Like I really enjoy when I can call someone and be like, oh my God, this thing, it really sucks. And let me tell you why. And you know, that that's like cathartic in a way, but being able to form friendship and connection around 
the positives in our lives. It's huge. It's huge. I, I'm I'm with you. I, it I really is. We can totally change someone's day. And I'm not mm-hmm. talking about being fake. I'm talking about no. like just being in your joy, finding the things like you were talking about when you're getting on a call that you really don't want to. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you're just like, okay, how can I, how can I find joy in this experience? So like you're waiting in the checkout line and finding the joy in the experience. And then somebody else complains to you and you just kind of respond with your joy. Mm-hmm. Often I've had so many times I've had the like stunned response. And then, oh my God, thank you so much. There are people like, can I keep you in my pocket? Can we talk more? You just totally, totally flipped my perspective on life. Mm -hmm. Well, because sometimes all it takes is a positive interaction to really like interrupt um, what's probably a negative moment or experience for someone. Like I have days where I'm just, you know, I'm so stressed or I have things going on or I'm overwhelmed. And then I have a positive experience with someone. And it reminds me of exactly what you just said, which is it's like serving as that interrupter of like, oh, actually things are not as bad as they seem or, oh my God, I did just enjoy that interaction or maybe I can flip this around. And I think we often need that. I think, especially if you're someone um, like me, who often sometimes gets stuck, I get stuck in my head, I overthink, you know, there's like a loop that goes sometimes and just being able to interrupt it in that moment, I think is like so, so huge. And sometimes it takes someone else to serve as that like positive light, you know, as that interrupter. Yes. And because I have your chart up, Sydney, I'm going to remind you, you have no business going in your head by yourself. You're just going to cause suffering. So stay out of there. And <laughs> you've got gate yes. 24, which I feel like I can, I feel it whenever it lights up for all of us, mm. because I will find myself in my head drawn into like, that's the gate for me because it's completely energetically incorrect for me to be in there. It's the gate of rumination. It's the gate mm. of beating myself up over something. I'll like keep playing something over and I'll, it'll happen at night. And I wake mm-hmm. up in the next morning and check the chart. And I'm like, I bet we have gate 24. And we do. And I'm like, oh, so just mm-hmm. get out of there, Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Getting out of your head, though, I think is like, I think that's not, I don't want to use the word challenge, but it is a challenge. I think if like, especially if we default into it um, as like a way to process emotions or thoughts or ideas, um, or if the default is to to ruminate in that way. And I think beginning to bring in tools for ourselves, which is such a personal journey, but to do so, to interrupt that process of getting in your head. Yeah. You're so right. You were like, that's like, that's the worst thing you could do. Yeah. Cause the more you're, I'm personally in my head, the longer it takes me to do things, the longer it takes me to make a decision. Uh, the more time I spend on like a hamster wheel of my own making. And it's, it's the key is like to interrupt it and just say, okay, am I going left or right? Make a choice. Yeah. keep it moving. Uh, absolutely. What are the tools you use? So right now I am actually working with a, a new therapist. She's a, like a six months in my life at the moment. And we're working on a lot of like tools to be able to sort of like stop when the ruminating or the overthinking starts and, and kind of take that step back and observe and, and, you know, really evaluate, I think the situation for what it is. Um, for me doing so means like what I just said, like, Okay, what am I actually going to do? Am I going to is there a decision to be made right now? Yes, okay, let's make it. If not, no, let's table it. Going on walks still for me is huge because it's the process of getting out of the physical space that I'm in that often leads to staying in my head longer. Um, oh my gosh, what else? Um, just sort of like the therapeutic techniques I think that I've just been sort of working on. I I've left journaling behind in the last year. Um, cause I found I was spending too much time for me writing things out and going through it. And it was no longer that cathartic, um, outlet that it had served for me for a while. Um, and friends are always great. Like calling, texting a friend, making a plan, going and doing something, just kind of getting, getting the body and the mind moving in a different way. I don't know if any of that makes sense, but for it me, that, that's been sense. helpful. And knowing your chart, it all 
it's so interesting as you're mm. saying different things. I'm like, yes, you need to walk because you've got a defined root and you've got a defined spleen and those two are connected. And so when you're walking, you're going to be tapped into your intuition, which is energetically correct for you. Mm-hmm. If you're not mm-hmm. walking, you're going to have that temptation to go up in your head. You're going to get stuck up there. And that is not where you live. No. And journaling, I find super helpful for some people. And I think mm-hmm. this ha- this can show up in a human design blueprint. Um, it can be super helpful for some people to get it out. And for others of it, it's like writing it down kind of sets it in stone and causes mm. the rumination. That's so interesting. That's so interesting. I love what you said, by the way, about you don't live like getting out of your head because that's not where you live. Yeah. yeah. So powerful because think about it. We spend so much time in our heads and not enough time in the physical body of like tapping into how does this actually make me feel? What is the gut instinct that comes through? What is like the, the flutter in your chest that you experience? No, we, I mean, I don't want to say we, but me, I overthink it. And so the more time I actually spend back into the, in my body, the better. Oh, I love what that's you said. That's not you don't us. that's not where you live. That's yeah. not where you live. I think we all need that reminder. Especially yeah. when I think the world in so many ways continues to be a space of chaos mm-hmm. and we can spend a lot of time depending on how how often you expose yourself to what's going on in the world to it and it gets in your head. You you spend more time in your head as a result and so doing the things that allow you to get back into your body and feel, you know, I think safe in the space of your own making is huge. Yes. Oh, I love what you said. I mm-hmm. love how you you just have this ability, Sydney, to take the words that come out of my mouth that have, it's like they're completely unorganized and they just like tumble out and you just reflect it back and rephrase it as this beautiful little snippet. Oh, well, I don't think anything you've said so far is tumbled or unorganized, but I appreciate that. It's so interesting because that's in many ways, like that's how I process a conversation is, is that point of reflection. And I'll never forget. It was like very early on in my podcasting journey. So probably like 2018, maybe late 2017. And I received an email from like a listener who said, Hey, I'm really enjoying your podcast, but like you reflect too much back to your guests. Like, like you, you don't need to repeat what they say. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, first of all, I didn't know I was doing that. That was like a very interesting, like point of reflection. And it brought up a lot of different thoughts of like, okay, I mean, maybe someone doesn't enjoy listening to that, but that's how I tune in to the conversation and allow myself to really, I think, understand what someone else is saying to me. Because yes, a conversation is is a bit of a ping pong match, right? We're going back and forth, back and forth. But at the same time, it's about integrating what's being said to you and taking the elements that resonate and obviously leaving the rest. But what you continue to talk about is what is resonating for you, what you're connecting with. So I, for a while, took what she said really to heart. And then I thought, nah, yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to be me. <laughs> and I'm just going to keep reflecting. And if someone doesn't like it, that's okay. You don't have to listen. But for me, like that's been what I've enjoyed so much about podcasting and the connections and the conversations I have both in these spaces, but in my life in general is that opportunity, I think, to really understand what someone is saying to me. Um, it's like, I, I don't know, it's, it's, there's an art to listening and conversing and being able to create a space with someone else to do so. Yeah, you yes. just brought back such an interesting memory for me. I forgot all about it. I find that. also when people reflect, sometimes you miss it the first time mm-hmm. and then you hear it in someone's reflection of it. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, that's what they said. And, and when you reflect it, you're not using the exact same words. You're putting your spin on it. You're putting your flavor on it, which can say, like, it can help people hear it. I remember when I used to coach swimming, uh, I had one athlete say to me, she's like, I went to so-and-so another swim coaches clinic this weekend. And he told me this. And she was like, Kelsey, I know you've probably told me this a thousand times, but this this clicked. And I was like, I know that Mm. is what's so wonderful. I want you to hear things from different people. This is why I say the same thing as many different ways as I can possibly come up with, because I know you can say like the same three words a million times. We can say like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something swimming. Yeah, I know what you mean though. 
And exactly, just that's exactly what you planned. Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing is like, it, it just reminds me of like when I'm reading a document, it sounds so boring, but when I'm reading a document and I've read it so many times, I'm going to miss something. So then if someone else is reviewing the same document, they may pick up something that I've missed because I've seen this 40 times. I've seen yeah. it too many times. Same thing. You can be hearing the same piece of input, advice, compassion, understanding, whatever from the same source. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. But I'm not integrating it. And they'll just take one other person to say to you in a way that clicks in that moment. And that makes a huge difference. It doesn't negate the original source of the information. It just, I think, solidifies it. And um, I think it just goes to show we need, we just need different people around us who are, maybe they're saying the same thing, the different, a different thing, but we're hearing it differently. And it may just be that moment where it landed in a way because you were open to it in a different way too. Exactly. Because that's what... That's what human interaction is. It's one person receiving and another person giving. And then, mm-hmm. and that, that giving and receiving switches back and forth like millions of times yep. during yep. an energetic interaction. And I don't think any of us are ever truly conscious. I think we're, we think we're conscious of when we're giving, mm. but unless we're in total victim mode, I don't think we're always conscious of when we're receiving or when we're blocking, but it's, it is what happens because right now you and I, we're not just exchanging words. We're not just like word word battling or word ping-ponging back and <laughs> forth. We're like, here's some energy. Okay, open mm-hmm. up to receive some of your energy. And it's, mm. I don't know the right word for it. I don't, because I don't think there is one. No, I don't think there is a, like a specific word, but I think what comes to mind as you were describing that is it's for sure an energetic exchange. Like every conversation is an energetic exchange. And that's why when you walk away sometimes from from meeting someone new or having a conversation and you feel like it was kind of weird, like, oh, like that was weird. Was it their energy? Was it the way I was receiving it? Was it the mix of the two? And I think that's like been a very interesting point of reflection for me in the last couple of years because I think often – So you have like all different types of conversations. The one you and I are having right now, like I'm loving this. I'm having a great time. I always love talking to you, but I could in an hour from now, talk to someone else and walk away from that interaction being like, "Mm, that wasn't so great. And so often I think, at least for me, I've walked away from those "Mm, not so great moments thinking it was me. Like, was I showing up funky in that moment? Was it my energy? Is it the way that I, my headspace is in this moment? And it's, is it the way that I'm receiving the person? Yeah, maybe, but it could also be the other person and their energy that they're giving to you. And then the challenge of like deciphering all of that is recognizing this may not have anything to do with me. I'm not going to take it personally. I'm just going to continue with my own energy and the way I want to show up in the moment and continue on forward. And I think we forget that. Like we forget the element of the energetic exchange of the conversation. And so we inevitably take something too personally or we don't recognize the energy that we were bringing to it or we just don't have any awareness around it. There's so much. I know I'm like sounding like someone that like, nitpicks everything and that's not the intention but I think there is like a there is an energetic exchange and being conscious and mindful of of the role you play the role the other person plays and then how much of it you take and how much you leave I don't know key to to some joy maybe key to some happiness of like maintaining yourself a little bit I don't know absolutely okay so so many things came up as you were saying that but the the biggest piece is this thing I've been talking about is about we get to play in the penthouse so when your Mm -hmm. energy feels really really good we used to this is what i used to do this is what i was taught to do this is what i think we're all taught to do go down to the lobby to meet that person oh yourself down and then you're like oh yeah Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. You're not feeling well, or I'm so sorry, whatever it is. But now we get to play in the penthouse and just like Mm -hmm. stay in our high vibe energy. And it's not a like rub people's faces in it, but it's kind of a like, oh my God, life is amazing. I'm feeling amazing. You, you want to come up? You can come up. The elevator works. Come on up. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not going to go down and meet you. Just come on up when you're ready. 
Okay. I love that so much because how often do we hear, or at least I hear this often of meet someone where they are, meet someone where they are. What does that mean? So if they're in like the lobby, if we're not going to continue your your analogy, mm-hmm. which I think is fantastic, if they're in the lobby, but I'm on the fifth floor, I've got to go down to meet them. That doesn't make any sense to me. No, we should all be continuing to to move up. And, and so maybe, you know, the person in the lobby has got to meet me on the fifth floor. But so interesting what you said, we deserve to play in the penthouse. And why do I have to move my energy why do I have to meet that person where they are in that moment? Because so interesting. isn't what they want? Don't they want to feel better? Don't they actually mm. want to be up in penthouse energy? So I, I can't help I hope, them. right? Yeah. Right. And like it coming down to the lobby and dragging them up there, it's not going to be fun for either of us. Like no. you, when you're ready, come on up. Take the elevator, take the escalator, take a jetpack, whatever you want. Come on up when you're ready. And I'm going to hang mm-hmm. out up here because my coming down isn't going to serve you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So interesting because I think it takes the, that phrase that I just shared, meet people where they are at a whole new um, thought process for me, which is just so interesting. And I think too, you know, recognizing for ourselves in moments where we're not playing in the penthouse and, and kind of being okay with it too, knowing that we're not always going to exist um, at what we might feel is our best and that's okay. But then not projecting that onto somebody else, yes. you know, not bringing like, you could be having a not so great day and, and it could mean a plethora of things, but not then putting that energy on to your spouse or your friend or your partner or your coworker or whom or your family, whomever it might be. I think that's also such an interesting, um, part of life and relating and being with others is, recognizing where you are, but not putting it on somebody else in that moment. Yes. It's such a practice. It's something, Mm -hmm. oh my God, every day. Okay. I'm out of alignment. And then this is not a conscious decision to be like, okay, you need to do this and you're doing this wrong and blah, 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 blah. No, it's Mm -hmm. really actually quite simple, Kelsey. You're just out of alignment. So Mm -hmm. get yourself back into alignment and then engage with people the way you want to, mm-hmm. which is from mm-hmm. a loving, open place. Get yourself back in the penthouse. Yeah. Because also yeah, I'm the it, only one yeah. that can get myself back in the penthouse. That's what I was about to say is like only you can do that for yourself. And I think often it's so easy, I think, to look to someone else to do that for you, to do that work for you. And I think, you know, we we rely on other people, other things to help bring us back into that space of alignment that, that you just referenced. But really, you can only do it for yourself. And what I've had to recognize for me, there are just some days where I cannot do it. So I'm just going to hang out with myself. And I'm just going to spend more time by myself. And that's really okay. Not feeling any sort of guilt, shame, anger, frustration around that. Just knowing, you know what? Today's just not it. And I've done all the things that normally help me and it's just not, it's just not it. And that's okay. And recognizing for yourself that that's okay tomorrow or in an hour is a brand new moment. But I love what you said that only you can really do that for yourself. Yeah. I'm also really curious if you know what it is that tends to put you out of alignment. I know, I'm going to say like, Maybe even a hundred percent of the time it is me going up into my head, whether it's mental mm-hmm. pressure. So looking at my human design chart, I only have two open centers and they're both the head centers, my Ajna mm-hmm. and crown. So it's mm-hmm. either me feeling a ton of mental pressure or me like ruminating or getting tangled up in some sort of belief that's like somebody mm-hmm. else's belief. And then that knocks mm-hmm. me out of alignment because I'm not supposed to live there. And I end up not being the person I want to be. So interesting you say that. All right. I'm curious if this will align with my human design at all because I don't I don't remember my chart to save my life. But um I think for me what knocks me out of alignment the most is taking on too much and feeling a very deep sense of overwhelm in my life. And you know, it's like, it's, it's a concept for me of like when it rains, it pours. Like it's just not one thing. It's like 
every bucket that I have starts to get too filled. It's filled too much. And then it's like, oh, oh, I accidentally just knocked that one over. All right, here comes all oh, they're like a domino effect. For me, it's that it's just taking on too much and doing too much. That really gets me kind of whacked out for lack of a better expression. But I'm with you too, with what you said about spending too much time in your head. That will really knock me off of my my center too. But also not not recognizing for myself when that overwhelm is starting. So like if on a scale from one to 10, and if 10 is overwhelm and I'm at a four, I don't know I'm at a four. I think I'm at a one. So then by the time that I get to eight or nine, I'm still clocking that as a five or six. Like it's not having the awareness in the moment that, oh, we need to pull back here. Oh, this needs to be scaled back. We need to prioritize differently. For me, it's like really being like, oh, okay, like we need to check back in before all systems go crazy, before everything hits red, alarms go off. That for me is what has really knocked me off of my my game a little bit is, is that sense of overwhelm for sure. And this is completely aligned with your human design. Oh man. All right. I was hoping one time I'd be like, there's no, that's not it, Cindy, but this is it. This is it. Because- (laughs) So I can see it so many places in your chart, but I think the main thing is as a projector, you don't know when enough is enough. You don't have an all day battery like generators and MGs. So you're like completely blind to the level of those buckets. Plus you're a two, four, two, fours don't always see, see themselves well. Projectors don't always see themselves well. So it's like you're wearing these blindfolds. You've got two layers of blindfolds and these buckets filling <laughs> filling up. And you're like, it's fine. The bucket is ginormous. There's like a drop in that bucket. And then the bucket's like oh, right at the tippy top about to slosh Literally. over. This is actually what you just described is like so, so me when you were like, yeah, you've got like these blindfolds on. I do. I really, really do. And sometimes it takes like yesterday morning when I woke up, I was like, oh my God, I'm the sloth from Zootopia. I am so (laughs) tired. I am like moving at a glacial pace. Why? Like this week hasn't been anything, you know, quote unquote special to knock me off my rocker a little bit. But I recognize it's like been go, 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 go. Um, not really uh, taking time for myself the way that I would like to and really recognizing that I've been blind in some ways to the buckets of of the overwhelm. So when you were like, yeah, it's like you're wearing a double blindfold. I was like, mm-hmm, that's me. So I'm curious. <laughs> so what do you do when you realize mm-hmm. that? How do you try to remedy it? Ooh, lifelong journey, lifelong journey. I wish I had like, just like one thing I could say, yeah, this is it. This is like the light switch. You know, it's so interesting because I have a new motto. It's not like the best motto, but it's a motto I'm working with and it's aim for average. And the reason why it's my motto is because like you said, I'm blind. Like I'm blind. Like I don't recognize how much I take on and how much I'm doing. And so if I'm aiming for average, I'm aiming for you know, just doing my best, getting it done, taking care of myself, taking care of work, taking care of whatever it might be, because I have a tendency to do like more. That's just my personality. That's like what I, I, yeah, you need me to do something. Sure. I'm there. You need me. Oh, I got this. Oh, grandma's iPad broke again. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be there in an hour. I'll fix it. That's just who I am. So aiming for average has been like the new motto. Can't say it's going well, but I'm trying. But I think the things that I do is reminding myself of that. Like you, you can pull back because even pulling back, you're still doing really well. You're still showing up in a way that honors who you are and is putting your best self forward, but you don't have to do so much. You can, you can pull it back. And the other things that I do though, that are like more concrete is like going on walks. I go to an estate sale like almost every weekend. It's like a grown-up treasure scavenger hunt. I think it is so much fun. The painting behind me, which no one else will see, but I got this at an estate sale. It was like such an awesome find. Um, I've been um, seeing friends a lot. I've been trying new restaurants. Um, There's all these different like pop-up museums and exhibits and that stuff I really love. Like just picking at least one thing every week that I'm really excited about and looking forward to. And it's not how it doesn't have anything to do with 
work. It doesn't have anything to do with the podcast or family. It's just about that time for me. And I really like doing these things alone. And so my biggest problem right now is like, I post sometimes on Instagram what I do. And like, my friends are like, Oh, I'd love to come with you. And I'm like, yeah, it sounds great. I'd love for you to come to you. But I also really love this time for myself because it's like the opportunity to recharge and do something I really love. Um, I don't work permanently from home anymore. I'm in the office a couple of days a week, but when I am home and I, I have a lunch break, sometimes that lunch break is like trying a new coffee shop or going to a new exhibit at the museum. That's like a mile away. And just doing something that I know is like going to recharge that battery. Um, so I can come back and feel, feel more energized. Um, so I think it's about ultimately the headline of what I just said is doing things that light you up, that bring you joy, that you enjoy, and having no pressure or stakes around it. And recognizing that like that's the key to filling up your personal bucket that will help bring the water down in the other buckets. That that for me has been so key. But like I said, lifelong journey because it ebbs and flows. And sometimes I don't have the most awareness around it. And so much of what you just said could be a two, four masterclass. <laughs> Let's start with, we're going to start backwards. You're like going and doing things alone. Yes. As a two, four, you hone your brilliance in your alone time. You, mm -hmm. you guys are the ones who, the people who know you really, really well know that you'd rather just be alone. The people who think they know you really, really well think, oh my God, you're the life of the party. You're friends with everyone. <laughs> so yeah. Biggest introvert pretending to be an extrovert. Exactly. Over here, Except you're actually both. Yes. Yes, which is why I no sure. longer believe in introversion and extroversion. No, no. Actually, that's an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. Because And then yeah. four sixes, which is my profile, we love going super deep with people mm -hmm. and just love the humans, love the people. And then because we go so deep, it's exhausting. So then we need a break. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love what you said that you're like, I don't believe in, in being fully introverted or extroverted or you having that dichotomy. It's so interesting because I think it depends on the day, right? Like you can have a day where you're like, For the moment oh, I need solitude, be by myself. Exactly. And then the next like hour, you could be like, oh, I really want to be around people. I really want to talk to more people. Oh, and you know, I think that's so true. It, it it's like it it it's a wave. It, it varies. It goes up up and down, um, and that's okay. I literally like you don't said have to, to like define yourself as like one or the other. Exactly. You know? I literally said to my husband this morning. He asked me a question. And I was like, "Shh, it's no talking time right now." <laughs> and then, like an hour later, I'm like, "Okay, hi. What do you want to talk about?" <laughs> Okay. So that's a boundary, right? Like recognizing for yourself, like, oh, I'm not ready for this quite yeah. yet. I will let you know when I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then mm -hmm. I want to talk about the aim for average because yes, I, all right. So first of all, I can imagine people are like, Sydney, don't undersell yourself. <sighs> but no, that's, <laughs> it has nothing to do with that. No. So again, as a two, four easy breezy genius, you guys are really good at everything. Everything you pick up, you're brilliant at. You pick it up so fast and you have no clue that you're so good at things. So you keep mm -hmm. pushing and you keep going and you keep going. And I, I'm not sure if as you keep pushing and keep going, if you actually get better at the thing or if you just work harder. And I mm. wonder too if there's, I'm just thinking of this now, if there's almost like some guilt some unconscious guilt of, oh, I did that so fast and so easily and everyone else works so hard at it. So I should probably work hard hmm. and like That's put so some suffering into it. Put some suffering into it. This is so interesting what you just said. You know, I, I want to give it more thought and I can't fully articulate this in this moment. I'm going to have to come back to you because it's bringing up a very interesting moment of reflection for me. But I am a perfectionist. Like that is that is me to a T, which is why I'm aiming for average because I 
do too much. I'm always like, is this perfect? Is this enough? Is this good? Is it correct? Spoiler alert, nothing's ever perfect. You always just show up the best that you can in any given moment. Um, But I find that there are certainly things that come easier to me, but I also work really, really, really hard. And, um, and so, yeah, I don't have the, it's, it's, it's an interesting, it's like both sides of the coin almost. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I'm like working this out of my head in real time, but it's interesting what you said. I, I want to give it more thought. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, aiming for average for me is, is also just knowing, and I think I already said this and I, I, I don't remember, but I think I did for me. It's, it's just more about knowing that how I show up in a moment is enough like, I don't have to go the extra mile. I don't have to do more. I don't have to make it, you know, quote unquote, perfect. Just me in that moment is enough. Average. Um, average may not be the right word, but that that's what I've come up with right now. So, yeah, I'm going to come back to you. Interesting and- food for thought for this weekend for me. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Also, I do want to comment on the word average because it might not be mm-hmm. the right word, but it's working for you right now. It's the it right word be- for you right now. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I always say like on the podcast, when I talk to people and I always tell people, like I say this, I think like nine out of 10 times in my intro, it's like, take what resonates and leave the rest. And if there's something that's said that does, but you have a word for you that sits better, use that. But I think it's like the concept behind it and the reflection behind it or around it, I should say, um, that I think is really like is really key. Like that should be the takeaway is like what thought, idea, point of reflection, conversation with someone else comes from from this, right? Rather than a particular word. Because you're right, it may not be the right word, but it's working at the moment. Yeah. Could it evolve. And it's your word. And words mean different things to every single one of us. Mm-hmm. Some people get <laughs> super triggered about words. I'm like, wait, what? How 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 is that one triggery? And because like, oh, they're this is their perception of it. And it's not like, I don't have words like that. Jeez. I remember mm-hmm. years ago, someone asked, what does the word feminine mean to you? And I was like, mm-hmm. pink baby powder smell and the feminine product dial in CVS. Mm-hmm. It was nothing positive. Mm-hmm. And now that's shifted. And I'm still aware that that, that definition isn't totally, hasn't totally been deleted for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting what you said, because I think you're right. Every word, words have different meanings to different people, different connotations, different experiences, different sort of imprints, for lack of a better word, about how something sits with you, I think, energetically based upon the experience you had around maybe that word or how it was used in your family or growing up or in social circles. Um, and what a gift, though, to allow yourself to evolve, like for that word to evolve for you over time, I think that's, that's a real gift to let yourself, um, to recognize, I think where, how something makes you feel or how it sits with you and to recognize that, but then also to recognize, oh, maybe there's a space of evolution here for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, Mm -hmm. so well said, Sydney. So well said. (laughs) Always. Always. (laughs) You know, we only have a couple minutes left here. What what needs to come through you for the audience today? Hmm. What a beautiful question. Well, I just so appreciate the opportunity to sit down with you and talk. And like, this is a conversation that we would have regardless if we were recording. It's a conversation just, we were having. We were. Until having you were like, you got to hit record. Well, I was like, I was like, oh my God, we should just be hitting record. And so I just, I just so appreciate that. And I think. I think if we all had spaces and people that we can just, the whole thing flew, like, first of all, the time flew by, the conversation flowed, we had nothing planned. How beautiful is that, yeah. right? It's just showing up as yourself in the moment and allowing it to flow and see where things go and to connect and to allow yourself to be open to do so, I think is really beautiful. But if I could circle back to what we were talking about at the the top of our conversation or at the top of when we started recording, because we began this conversation talking about podcasts and how it's changing and how maybe we want to show up in the space. And I think you and I are recording right now. It's the beginning of August. I don't know when this will air, but um, I think we're in a really interesting time in life right now in the world where we're making decisions constantly of 
how do we want to show up and how do we want to allow ourselves to evolve? And the choice that you make within those two things, I think is not only just the key to your own happiness and your own joy and your own fulfillment, but to those around you too. So I guess if I could leave everybody with one thing, because this is the thing I'm thinking a lot about lately, is what choices are you making for yourself that allow you to evolve? And if you're choosing to leave something behind, you're not really leaving it behind. You're taking the lessons, the joy, the connection, the friendship, the, did I say lessons, lessons, the experience with you, which will inform the next thing that you do. And how beautiful and powerful is that? Um, so that's where I'm at right now. Those are the thoughts I'm having. How do we show up as who we are and how do we allow ourselves to evolve within that? So that's what I will leave everybody with. That was perfect. That was absolutely perfect. I'm not going to mess it up with any of my words. I'm just going to ask. You could never though. Stop. You could never. So where can people connect with you and listen to your podcast? Yes. Everything is at seekthejoypodcast.com. Uh, there you can find all of our episodes from the last almost five years, which is amazing. Uh, there's a blog on the website called Joy Corner uh, and our sister podcast, Stories of Inspiring Joy as well. And uh, you can find me there. Um, and I would just love to connect. And if this episode conversation with Kelsey resonated, please let me know. It's always just so much fun to to meet people through through these conversations. So that's where you can find me. Yay. Thank you so much for sharing your energy, your heart, your love, your joy, your everything. I love you. Oh, I love you too. Thank you for this. This was so fun. I can't even tell you. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved that episode, please share it with all your people. If you love Sydney, go listen to her podcast, the Seek the Joy podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts and check her out at seekthejoypodcast.com. If you haven't yet signed up for the Money Class Open House and you are listening to this episode in real time and it hasn't happened yet, it happens on August 29th and I really hope you'll be there. The link to sign up is in the show notes or go to KelseyAbbott.com and click on the work with me tab. And it's right there. The money class open house. Again, it's on August 29th from four to 5 PM Eastern time. And you got to sign up now to get all the goodies that come with the class. And I'm so excited for it. It's free. Did I mention it's free? So one last thing, two last things. First, If you're inspired to leave a review for the Find Your Awesome podcast, that would be fabulous. I would really appreciate it. And you can do that on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Please give us a five-star rating and a glowing review. Thank you. And finally, I did not begin today's episode with gratitude. So let's end it with gratitude. So I got this note from a client last week, and it's my favorite testimonial of all time. Here's what she wrote. It's so amazing how powerful working with you has been. My life just keeps getting better and better and easier and better. And I'm not even working for it. Just playing. Yes. On that note, go play. Have so much fun and go forth and be awesome. I love you. 